Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello and welcome to this segment on CTN. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And the topic for today is Lean Back to Scale Innovation. And our guest for today's show is Rajiv Ravindran, who is the Senior Vice President and Chief Information Officer with Rider System. Hi, Rajiv. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Very good, sir. Very good. So how is life and business for you? <laughs> Great. It's, uh, you know, as a, as, like for any CIO, right, it's 100 miles an hour. So, uh, no complaints. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, totally. And then, you know, when we talk about running 100 miles an hour, it's no different than when you are uh, in this new digital now and next phase and you're trying to do a lot of innovation and you want to scale innovation in an organization. And that's what we exactly want to talk about. So, we have seen organizations, of course, trying to make the best use of the new age of new new technologies, new computing paradigms, new business models. And all of that, of course, would require some innovation. But then we have also seen a lot of fundamental core systems or staffing levels or the processes or the very organizational structure not appropriate to be able to uh, move ahead in a confident manner. And that's what we wanted to discuss to see what would someone do to take a step back versus just running 100 miles an hour from the get-go to first get your act together and then make the most of the opportunity. So that said, what would you think would be a good readiness check that an organization must perform before embarking on any innovation in, in a, for, for what they are trying to do? Uh, it's a great question. Um, you know, when I started right, I've only been here six months now. When I started right, I was born to be a strategic CIO. So having, you know, the first my, first month, I just spent listening, learning, uh, and, and, and uh, talking to everyone from IT, the business. And, you know, what I realized is that I think I have to turn my strategic hat sideways a little bit and become an operational CIO as well. And, you know, so some of the things, again, these are, these are uh, my opinions, right? Because, you know, the approach that you take is not just, it's, it's not always in a playbook. You can get some stuff from a playbook, but it really depends on the leadership, what their strategy is, what their goals are, the, uh, how the IT organization, uh, you know, is structured, and, you know, what the capabilities are from both the business and IT and the culture, Primarily, how do, if you put all this into a vat and mix it up, what's the you know what's the um, strategy that you can create based on all these things? So there's not a single solution to some of the things. So the, where I started with was, and when I say I have to turn my head sideways, it's, it has to be digital is great, but if you don't have the back end to start, it's not going to go anywhere. It may look good on the outside, but it, it won't be strong. So when you talk about you know what are the Readiness checks, you know, what I started thinking about is, is innovation part of the core competency in any company? You know, is the culture of the organization conducive to innovation? You know, is it a culture of no? Is my role as CIO, a CI no? And then any uh, new ideas nurtured? Is there a form to share ideas and implement during, you know, driving excitement? How do you create that environment? And where are, where's the baseline? So those are, you know, when I look at the readiness, 
I think those are some of the key uh, areas. So, so when it comes to the readiness check-in, you gave a couple of different options, Rajiv, of what different questions one may ask for the readiness check. What I've seen is the organizations which are some of the most mature ones, they may check those boxes, but most of the rest would not be able to where they say, okay, we have a culture conducive to innovation or our systems are in place. So anytime, whenever you come to uh, an organization like you came newer uh, to this organization or anyone else, or even if you're working in an organization for many, many years, but then the times have shifted, the systems and processes and staffing and people None of them are truly at that level for you to say, yes, everything is all hunky-dory and, and we can go ahead and do innovation. So there is a lot of cleanup that may be warranted, but a person may get all confused or all mixed up about where to get started. How do you, yeah. how do you look at after you've done your readiness check and you see most of the check boxes are unchecked or un, you're not able to check, What's next? What do you do? Yeah, so I, I can give you both scenarios. So um, at, at Ryder, you know, the, the biggest change I've seen, because I've had similar roles uh, in three separate companies. So at Ryder, I was pleasantly surprised for, for a couple of reasons. One, um, the leadership team is, is driving towards change and innovation, which is great. You know, we've released um, a couple of innovative products to the marketplace that no one's done before. One is Coop, the other is, is Rider Guide, and these are these are tools that you know it's it's sort of in the, in the marketplace for transportation logistics, it's innovative. So I think that's I see that mark already there, and this started even before I did. So there was there were already the leadership is already starting to think about these things. The second piece of that is the CIO at Rider is part of the leadership team, and in a lot of my peers. You know, the CIO is a service provider to the organization. Here, it's a partnership. That completely changes the paradigm. So, you know, I, I feel like I'm very lucky there. So you learn from the business. You, you understand exactly where they're going, what their strategy is, and you're able to influence it. So that is a little easier. In previous companies where that hasn't been the case, and again, my approach may, have, may be different from what other people do, I started small. Um, what I started was a R&D group. I invited key people, uh, developers from different areas of the organization and um, a business analyst from the business, for example, and created a lunch group. And there we would just talk about, hey, innovative ideas. I'd buy lunch. We'd sit and talk about it. And as a result, they were so excited, they went out and created their own, they created a product for the company that was revenue-generating, and, and it really um, created excitement, and more people wanted to, to jump into that group, uh, where it transformed into a, um, a full-time R&D group that was funded, and now it's the digital arm of the organization. So I think, I think you can start small and then grow it. So while, and I, I think sometimes you have to, you, you can talk about things, and people won't really understand what innovation is or if they, you know, if they really realize how important it is. But I think showing it and showing the benefits of it can really help. So in, the, in that case, what happened was the business started getting more excited about it. Now the R&D, the digital innovation, is seated with both the business and IT folks. And if you walk into that room where they're, they're, they're you know, creating ideas, 
you can't tell who the business person is and who the IT person is. And I think that's a win, when they're together driving the, the change for the organization. The second piece of that is, you know, generally people don't like change. People are comfortable. So how do you create that, that comfort level with change? And I'm not saying change for the sake of change. That's chaos. But how do you create that, you know, I was thinking about how do you create that change DNA in the organization? So one of the things I did was I started talking about process reengineering on a very small scale. So I brought in a small group of people that actually did these pizza simulations. They'd have, um, you know, an hour lunch and learn where they would, you know, people from the business and IT would come and they would make pizza. And, and, and the, it was a really exciting, it wasn't a lecture. It was actually people were hands-on. They created pizza and they showed how they were improve. You know, they would be forced to improve it as the orders got faster. And by the time they left the room, there was a lot of excitement in it because it was a very active, um, active session. And that was a starting point to creating the whole Six Sigma, you know, change management. You know, every, so all the business units started getting the green belts, and then you know, eventually some of them got their black belts. So around the organization, what this did was, apart from creating the efficiency and better process, what it did was create that change DNA. So you would, they would go back to their desk and they would look at how they did things and how they can do it better. That started driving, the end goal is to drive innovation because to drive innovation, you have to be, you know, you have to be, you can be adverse to change. So it's a, really a mindset shift. Even when you talk about digital, you're really talking about how do you shift the mindset. That, it's not a technology play. It's how you think differently. And even in my current role, what I tell my folks is, do one thing different every day, just one thing. So there's, there's a lot of formulas that you can play. You really have to, I believe that you really have to get a feel for the organization, where people are at, and there's different things that you can do. But, you know, it's not a big bang where you go out and you have a whole production on, on change and then suddenly the company or the organization changes. never works that way, at least in my experience. It's top-down and bottom-up approach. So what you definitely described are good mantras for bringing about change. So the the new age digital is, first of all, is much faster. It has got the newness to it, means most people who may be below or above you may not be aware of what would it take to be successful in it, and rightfully so because of the very newness. And for that matter, even as a leader yourself, in this context of digital, we did not grow up learning about digital. It's new to you too. And when we are talking about innovation, that means you're almost in many cases drawing on a white sheet of paper. So then we talk right. about these, you know, the, the Six Sigma and the lean practices, which are awesome for talking about stability. But then here you want to fail fast and fail small and then learn what does not work and what would best align, and then that's how you build, call like, we can call them as mini startups within the company. And, and then that's where you will eventually, not immediately, but eventually get to a portfolio of capabilities which leveraging the newer technologies and newer approaches to doing business or newer approaches to dealing with customers will take us to a point where we can say, yes, we are relevant. Now, this is totally different from the age-old or uh, the, the standard ways of bringing about innovation and bringing about growth in an organization. Totally different. 
Completely. Does that mean you have to go to a university yourself? I mean, I'm not saying literally, but a new type of learning yourself and then bring a new way of managing upwards and downwards so that all people come on board in this digital world and and the new mindset to be able to enable innovation. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, Rajiv, you did give an example of how in a traditional setting one may uh, use the lean and the uh, Six Sigma and other types of capability development and then work with the people above and below us. And and that would le- and, and also introduce the R&D. Now talk the digital age. Frankly, the whole organization is an R&D testbed. And you have to work a little differently. You have to fail small. You have to fail quick. So many things are to, going to shift. And frankly, you, the people who you are trying to manage above you and the, the staff and the business unit leaders and the business users, none of them have ever experienced the changes that are to come about and they don't know how to contribute. With so much of newness, so much of... Uh, uncertainty, I would not say in a negative sense, but in a positive way, so much of uh, uncertain environment changes that you have to bring about. How does one, you know, rally the troops and and get their arms around something like this? Um, So let me start with, I think it starts with the leader in IT. So let's start to talk about me. Um, So, you know, somebody asked me years ago, when you hire somebody, what do you look for in them? And I had to think about that because, you know, we, we typically index on, you know, where they've gone to school, how their grades were initially when you start, you know, how, how, you know, what the experience is. I think all that is important. But one of the things that I look for in somebody, um, apart from all that, assuming all that is good, is adaptability 
and having a teachable spirit. So as I look for that in them, I'm, you know, I had to stop several years ago when, when technologies are accelerating even more and things around us were changing rapidly. You know, even if you look at from a adoption of technology, TV compared to Twitter, right? It's it's accelerating so fast that you know we struggle to keep up with keep up with the technology. So so the adaptability is is huge, and one of the things that that I did to even for myself and my old team was bring in emotional intelligence, and and you know all the studies have been done done about emotional intelligence, and the first thing about Emotional intelligence, the, one of the key pieces is self-awareness. You have to know yourself. You have to know your capabilities. So I realized that I was great at execution, um, getting projects done, getting, you know, driving, driving the day-to-day activities. But I never stopped because I never had time to stop and think about strategy. And I love the strategy piece. So I think the, it starts with us having to take a break, look at the future, look at the organization, look at where we want to head. So I think that's a key part of it is inward facing. The accountability is on the CIO to drive that change. So I think that's a, that's a key piece. The second is, you know, you, you ask the question, what happens in an organization when, you know, they're not ready for change and how do you create, create that change? Things around us are moving rapidly. And it, the old way of thinking, you know, typically projects that's waterfall, it, it doesn't work. So in the current role, what we did is we've already done an agile, you know, we have an agile strategy. A lot of projects have been done using the agile process, but it's really having that product mindset. Even if you're a company that's not a technology company, you can still have that product mindset, looking at what the consumer wants and tying that back to how you think about your products. And I, I, you know, we, we're sort of experimenting a lot with even on the legacy systems, iterating on in smaller chunks, showing the value. Now, understand that not everything can be done iteratively, but as much as you can, if you do it iteratively, then you, they're able to fail faster. You don't wait till two years and then you find out that the project is not on time, not on budget, and not what the customer wanted. So, how do you prevent that from happening early on? So, showing the the metrics around, you know, the success rate of the iterative projects versus the, the legacy way of waterfall, right? So, and taking this back to the leadership and constantly having it in front of them, showing them, hey, look at the value. I think eventually that sort of, you know, they, they get to understand. Same thing with the people when you have an all-hands meeting. Talk about the achievements of, you know, all the different ways we're doing things. Earlier on, I, I talked about the culture within the organization for IT. Failing fast is really important because most people have fear of failure. If they're not used to it. You talked about how we used to do things in the past. They, they're, not taught, they're not used to developing rapidly, failing, and, and it's not a bad thing. You've learned from it. You apply it to the next set of ideas, and then you keep going. The, leader, the leadership, has, they have to encourage that. So even... even um, Failures have to be celebrated to a certain extent. So how do we create that, that, you know, how do you create that environment? You know, we're looking at having a website where people can submit ideas. And it, it doesn't go into, an, uh, you know, into, into, a, in, into the cloud. We just get the ideas. We talk about it. We have the people come and talk to us about the ideas. And if it's a great, every idea is talked about with the person submitting the idea. 
once that happens and there are some good ideas, fund it. It, can be a, it doesn't have to be a huge amount. Get that excitement going in those people. And then if, you know, if that project gets done and it's implemented, reward them. So there's ways of doing it, right? So I think more than the monetary reward or it's recognition, people love recognition. How do we, how do we foster that? So there's a lot of different ways of doing things. Um, the, you know, another idea is also, you know, taking, once an idea gets implemented, taking that individual and putting them in front of the leadership team and having them present. So that's something I've done um, recently here. And it, the, that, that excitement goes, runs through the whole organization. The individual came back, talked to his peers, saying, hey, you know, I got to meet the CEO. He was really excited. There's no monetary reward that can offset that. So the, those are some of the ideas. But it's starting with the CIO, creating that mental shift, saying, hey, I have to do things differently, and then teaching the people below you how to do it differently. And it starts with your direct leaders. They all have to think the same way. When I say think the same way, I mean they have to have that core as part of the competency, one of the core components. So it's critical. Everything, it starts from the top, but your leadership is critical as well. So the first layer in IT is also critical. Does that make sense? It does. And, and this is a fabulous answer to how do you get people all charged up? Right. So which is good. And you also get them to get their juices flowing. And there's a lot of excitement in the air. Now, let's bring out the execution side. So when there is a lot of excitement, things are going in different directions. People are experimenting, talking to each other, presenting to each other and doing proof of concepts, etc. And that's what happened with digital starting 2015. But frankly, 2017, second quarter and later, Business started, and this is a trend that was watched, is that businesses started saying, guys, okay, you are working on on these digital initiatives. So much of excitement, so much of experimentation going on. We are all talking about trying new things, but we see that the innovation that you are trying to do, our meetings, we have a meeting for a meeting. We have planning meeting for a planning, uh, for planning. And then you've got uh, things going out and uh, less work is getting done, more talk is happening. And then you're trying to rip apart the processes by saying that, hey, we have to rethink them. But that doesn't mean our existing customers and our existing business starts suffering. So you're trying to support innovation and you want to become relevant to this new age, but you're also ripping apart the fabric which built it to the point it came so far. Can we eat the cake and have it too? Can we have continuity of what brought us this far and also do innovation in a fashion where, yes, you foster creativity, yes, you foster uh, newness in the organization, but it doesn't offset what is uh, your current strength. Yeah, that that's that's something that's in flight, and I'm I'm you know still a lot of thought behind. Not a hundred percent sure uh, on the execution of it, but here's what I'm thinking right now. Um, you're absolutely right. You know the core systems that are revenue generating, le- the legacy systems. That's the that's the key to the kingdom for the company. Without that, everything stops. Forget innovation. Forget you know all this digital stuff. We need to. We are here to support the business. We're here to, you know, drive the strategy for the business as well on the digital side. But the baseline has to be your existing systems. 
So how do you, you know, everyone says this, right? How do you change the oil in a car while the engine is still running? How do we do that? And, and, and this is where we're focused on right now. We can't, I don't want to stop the transformation that's happening, but we have to, you know, we have to keep the, the current engine going. So the goal is to looking at all the tier one applications. How do we drive efficiency? For example, if you have 100 people supporting your, your legacy systems, we're breaking it down by why are there problems happening? You know, uh, you know, it's not just the keeping the lights on. It's also enhancements to legacy systems. So talking to the business and saying, hey, you know, let's look at all the enhancements that we're spending tons of money and time on. Do you really need those enhancements? Or can we bundle them up and create a new project that can be, you know, off the legacy system that can be a standalone? What is the true value? So really managing the cost and the time. And again, you need that partnership with the business. If you drive down the the enhancement cost of legacy systems. At the same time, it's IT's responsibility to look at streamlining processes within the support side. So, you know, we hear a lot about bimodal IT, but I think it's really valuable. How do you create two, really two teams? One, keeping the lights on, driving the existing applications, health and well-being, you know, high availability, while, and then you can slowly transition some of those folks into doing the new stuff. So, and this is a challenge. This is much easier to talk about. Then, you know, the, the, the challenges come up. You know, why am I on the legacy? Why can't I go do this? You know, so they have to have a rotation program as well. So there are, these are kind of some of the things that I'm thinking about, but it's, it's, it's critical. We can talk about digital. If your foundation is shaky, you're building on a shaky foundation. You have to do both. And not everything can be done as a standalone because there's a lot of, especially a company that's been around a long time, there's a lot of tying back to legacy systems. So that's the initial approach I'm, I'm, I'm taking. So we're building a roadmap right now with a strategy for each department, and then we're going to tie it all together. So given what you just used the term uh, bimodal, which assumes that you'll have a separate team which will do the innovation and other people will keep the, the lights on and keeps the engine running. Now, even... Right. When you are trying to position an organization for innovation for the future, we cannot simply let legacy remain untouched, if you will, because even that has to have the placeholders or some form of a shift, even though it may be slower, it has to be positioned for scaling innovation in the future because we cannot just be innovating in in smaller areas unless otherwise it is pervasive you've not really moved the whole ship forward right so are so 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 are you is the mindset at the top to say okay whatever was built in 1970 should not be touched because that does my payroll is that what your your ask is no no not at all not at all so i think i think that the, the what i was talking about was the first stage to stabilize the environment and the second phase of that would be to look at, you know, I, I'm right now my the the thought process I have is a hub and spoke model. So if any of the if there's a play in the digital uh, piece touching some of the legacy systems, is that small enough? Can we take the the legacy systems and break it down to discrete business components, business functionality, and can we go out after that separately? So the next phase would be really a transformation team, a digital team, and the and keeping the lights on team. And all three have to work very closely together. So how do you transit? You know, when you talk about legacy systems, it's huge. 
And, you know, every diagram I've seen in every company, it looks like a spaghetti bowl, right? With a hundred different connections, data all over the place. So how do we focus on small piece at a time? So even that whole agile mindset, if you look at, you know, looking, looking at the whole agile process holistically, you can apply that to the, the organizational strategy as well as the, the, the legacy transformation strategy too. So I believe small piece at a time and using a hub and spoke model where, you know, you have um, creating, for example, a centralized, um, I'll call it for an easier word, centralized data warehouse that have all the applications coming off it, creating a service layer between legacy and um, digital platforms, and eventually you can move some of these things to the cloud. The technology is making it easy to do this. We have technology that didn't exist ten, even 10 years ago that helps enable this. So I think it, it is a great time to start modernizing legacy systems. So while we spoke about IT and you mentioned about bimodal IT, but if you were to think digital, it's truly a business initiative where you're fundamentally rethinking how uh, the values created and experiences created for the customers through changes in not only just the, the IT systems, if you will, but also the underlying processes. So there is no bimodal business model that has been created. And for that, what, what that means is that you want to innovate. That means you're going to have to rethink the processes which are creating an experience and creating value for the customers. And you want to also at the same time make sure that while you're innovating, the stability is not jeopardized or compromised. So while you may be wearing a CIO's hat, what is it that is being done or should be done working alongside the business unit leaders, that these processes see a shift, see an improvement, see a tweak, so that eventually you are able to bring it to a point so that they are positioned to become nimble and more conducive to what are the, 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 the times that you have to support ahead. You, you know, uh, yes. You talked about... Um, you know, I'm sorry, I talked about capability initially and what the capability gaps are. And you, you brought up one, right? The process are very different within the business. But I'm, you know, I'm at Ryder, for example, uh, let, let me talk about chief marketing officer. Um, the chief marketing officer, she's amazing. She already has that same innovative thought process. She's more like an IT person and a business person combined. So when I talk to her, it's not just about um, the business. It's about the business, the technology, what the customer wants. I learn a lot from just listening. So that shift in pockets is already happening. So, so when you talk about capabilities, I, I, I think that, that some of the folks that's been in traditionally in IT should be on the business side too. So uh, I'll give you an example from my old company. You know, I was, I was drawing a graph and the graph showed, you know, going back 10, 15 years, IT was back corner, and the business would say, hey, I want this done, and we just go do it, right? More order takers. So now if you look at how, the, you know, everybody has an iPhone. Everyone has you know, full access all times. The business, the business folks are getting a lot smarter. They read a lot. There's a lot of articles now. What, and so what I'm asking the team is what is that gap between business and IT that makes that has that shows our value to them. So 
one of the things that, that we did, it, this is, hey, you know what? Some of the folks that are currently in IT should be in the business. So let's, let's take data. I moved a lot of the business analysts into the business. I took some of the business folks and put them into IT. And these are folks that had capability on both sides. So the IT folks knew the business, business knew IT. I think as, as we, I don't think it's there now, but I think as the years progress, I think that there's going to be a melding of the two. And I think that's where the key is. That's when the process will change. I don't think the process changed right now. It's getting there. But I think, again, it has to be that the communication with the other leaders in the organization should be focused on not purely technology, not purely business, but, you know, ideas and how we can bring people together. It's really about the capabilities of the groups within, between the business and IT that's going to create that process change. I don't know if I made myself clear. It's, no, but it's, definitely. You had you had a take on how you would change processes, and of course, let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back, and we continue to explore that how an organization, of course, leveraging technology wherever it can, but start thinking as a cohesive unit, so that this positioning of being able to leverage digital or the leverage innovation is not becoming just IT's responsibility. Everyone is coming on board, all hands on deck, so that when you are to lean back, the whole company is leaning back to rethink the processes, the staffing, the approach we take to how do we get the work done. What does it take for us to do it? While, yes, you are the CIO, and yes, you are helping leading the chart from a technology standpoint, but how do we bring the business counterparts along, not just at the leadership level, but also at the management level and the field staff level? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, Rajiv, the whole idea is that we want this 
an organization to be not just seen as a few progressive people, which is IT and you mentioned marketing. We also have supply chain, we have HR, we have finance, and many other uh, parts of the organization who need to all step up and all become at least uh, you know, open to changing themselves, positioning themselves, leaning back and rethinking themselves for a better, faster future ahead. But is this something as an individual, you from IT will say, okay, I'm going to run faster. If you can come, please come and catch up. Is that how you're going to approach this? Or, or, or how is the organization approaching this? Um, yeah, so, you know, one of my, uh, early in my career, the CIO was reporting to call me into his office and ask me how I was doing. And I had just started that company um, probably about a month in. And I said, you know, everyone's so slow. I said, you know, here's all the things I have going on. I think I can get this done in a month. He said, hold on. I said, he said there's a lot of value in that. He said, you know, it's like running a marathon with a team. If you get to the finish line and you look around, you don't see any of your teammates with you. You've failed. You have to bring them along. So that was a, a, a teachable moment for me. And, and, and that's the philosophy I'm trying to apply uh, wherever I, I go. Fortunately, a writer, all the leaders are on the same page about innovation, uh, driving strategy, re- driving the, um, the digital mindset. So, so you know, it's less, uh, less work there for the IT person. But in other, in other companies that I've been at, you know, you said marketing. Marketing naturally is conducive to strategy and technology because, you know, they need to be forward-thinking as well. That's why the birth of the chief digital officer initially came about too, right? It stemmed from marketing. Um, but if you look at, um, I still think that that it's it's incumbent on the CIO taking the lead there as well. Not saying that they can they'll be able to do everything. They always need a partner. So, I. What I've done in the past is uh, to build that, you know, to, to bring more people over to your side and you, you to them is the, the empathy piece. So when you're sitting in front of a business leader, supply chain, wherever in other companies, and you, and they understand that they, that you know their pain and what their, you know, what their drivers are for their business and how you can close that gap. It could be process. It could be putting the right people on it. It could be technology. I think that relationship is key. It's not a technology play. It's more about the, the collaboration and the communication. Once you get close to, to that leader, then the, the next phase is having a common terminology from understanding all the business language and understanding and teaching them the technology language, right? So they have to have a common language when we talk about it. The third piece is show, right? You can talk about all this has no value. Put everything that you talked about into practice. But when you do it, bring them along, bring their people along. So not just from a leadership perspective, go below and, and go deeper down into the business folks and involve them in some of the strategies. Ask them their opinion, right? And have IT folks there too. I think that good noise will rise all the way up. That's the first piece of the collaboration. I, I, I think that's the approach I would take if the leaders, leadership was more fragmented. Let's talk about staffing for a second. And, and of course, people is where the, the buck stops in many cases because here the, the things which are not 
evident are the internal resistance or their own desires and their own aspirations. When you're trying to make a person move from their own cozy, regular routine to something new, not everyone is is as gung-ho about that change or any change is tough for people. So right. when you are looking at the, the staffing, not just thinking about people as resources, but people as people who want to grow in their own respective areas. And sometimes they just want to do the same thing. But you at the same time want to uh, move this whole ship forward. What is it that you would do to customize the incentives and customize the vision for those individual groups of people such that they all want to come together, want to be able to help bring about the changes that are needed for you to position your organization for innovation. Yeah. Um, where do I start? Um, the, so start with IT. I, I, Maybe what you could do is you could start with IT. Because I know while, while on the surface we can say, yes, everyone in IT is progressive, it, but frankly, they're not. <laughs> Yeah, no, even in IT, I mean, you know, people are people. They, and I started this conversation by saying people don't like change. They, they are comfortable in what they're doing, especially if they haven't been challenged. And, and this is a, a problem across, you know, any organization. And I think they have, you know, every organization has to have some folks that, you know, that are steady eddies, that come in, that do their job. There's value in there, too. They're good at what they do. They're really good at what they do, but they don't want to go above and beyond. There are roles that way that should exist. Not everyone can be, you know, doing a digital transformation. So having said that, I, I, I believe that life is a bell curve, right? You have people on one extreme that don't really want to change, don't want to do any, you know, anything new, anything additional. People in the middle, they're, you know, malleable. They can be molded. They can be taught. And then the people that's already going 100 miles an hour. So that's my typical view. The goal is... How do you shift the middle sector a little bit more to the right to become a little more innovative and adaptable? So having said that, I think that it starts with the leadership team. It starts, you know, starts with me. It's my accountability. It's the, the vice presidents under me that, you know, we should be all speaking from the same page. So the first thing is communication. Over-communicate. Have all-hands meetings. That's not, you know, that's very pointed. That is, you know, that really talks to talks to the people and you know create your vision create your strategy report out on it so what what i what i like to do is i, I do skip levels but i go all the way down so i have uh, i have lunch meetings with um say 10 random people from different areas of the organization in it and the goal of the meeting is they can talk about anything they want the rules of the game are they, anything we say in that meeting cannot be shared outside Right? They, can't, they can't talk about each other. They can't talk about... And what I do is I, I, I don't take that information back to anybody, but let's say I have four or five of these lunches, and the themes come out that are very similar. Then it's, it becomes actionable. So I don't use names, but I'll go back to my leadership and say, listen, I heard that communication is not filtering all the way down. We really need to get our communication going. The next step is, I'm going to report out. I'm going to create a blog. I'm going to create, uh, here's some things I've heard from you guys. Here's how we're going to fix it. If it doesn't get fixed, please stop by my office. I have an open-door policy. So I, I believe in a flat organization. I don't believe in levels. I don't believe in you know, hierarchy. 
you need some of that to get the job done. But at the same time, the way that I operate, it doesn't matter to me. Anyone can, can tell me, hey, you did this wrong. I'm okay with that. So I think the, as leaders, we should be approachable. We should be open. And people will start coming to you and, and talking to you about, hey, here's some issues I've seen. Here's some things we can improve. That open, um, that open discussion needs to be had. We can't just sit in our office and rule from, from the tower. It doesn't work, especially with the new generation coming in. They want to move fast. They want to learn fast. And they probably leave fast, too. Right? It's, it's, it's the nature of the beast. So those are some of the things I'm trying to do to bring the people um, close together. But the communication, ex- explaining your vision, sticking by it, and the last thing is measuring IT. How do I know how well I'm doing? What's our measure? So we, we're creating dashboards. We're creating different metrics that go all the way down to the individual so they can contribute to it, and we report, on it, report out on it. Every all hands saying, hey, how are, we, how are we doing this month? So people all have a connection towards the same goal. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, and what you just said definitely makes sense. And, of course, it has to start with you. What we have seen, though, is while the leader is, is great and has an open-door policy and makes themselves available so people open up and come to them, but then if you've got layers in your organization, and this is just IT you're talking, it could be any other department, they right. eventually end up talking to their managers, and and those managers themselves may not be what I call they may not have bought in to what you're trying to accomplish and because it requires change in themselves as well. Because as you're shifting things, it also requires change in them. And if there is a resistance, they themselves may not be willing to change and the people who report to them as part of the hierarchy would eventually not open up. So there may be toxicity, there may be resistance, there may be slowness, all of that may may persist because they were they did not sign up. Let me say it in short. They did not sign up for this crazy maddening pace and and variety and the volume of change that is coming their way. I agree, and um, and I think that the the process that I laid out, what that has done, what I've seen it do in the past. Is again, it depends on on how open you are and how open to feedback you are um, at, across the leadership. It, it could it, it could be the, my VPs too. I have to be very self-aware and I have to be aware of the capabilities of my team as well, my direct team as well. That's that's on me. But as you get down to layers, there may be managers that are, you know, um, are like you said, create a toxic environment. But what I've seen is if you accelerate this you know, bringing all of the folks in IT together, that comes out pretty quickly. I've seen, it, I've seen it come out very quickly, actually. And then it's a discussion with them. It's not, I'm not saying take them out and fire them. I'm saying have a discussion. Maybe, you know, maybe we haven't done a good enough job explaining the situation. Maybe we haven't taken the time. Maybe they feel slighted. It could be many, many reasons. I think the first step is to really try and connect with even the toxic managers. And then, you know, I, I think people get up in the morning. I think they want to do a good job. That's my belief. Now, there will be occasions where you, you, just, can't, you just can't help somebody. If that's the case, we need to move them out pretty quickly because it creates, as you said, it creates a toxic environment, and that, that spreads even quicker. So, yes, it's, the organization has to be aware. I am 
uh, I'm very closely aligned with HR. HR is not a service organization to IT. They're a partner with IT. And, 30 seconds. And the, and, and the, the, um, the HR relationship has also helped because the HR at Rider is not seen as an adversarial role. It is a very collaborative role. People go to them to unload, and they have an idea without naming names. They'll come and say, hey, you may want to look at this area. You may want to look at that. So partnership with other areas is, is key. You can't do this alone. So, you know, it, it, you know the saying, it takes a village. It really does take a village. So you're absolutely right, you, but you can read these people pretty quickly. On behalf of our show and the listeners, thanks so much, Rajiv, for sharing your views on organizations, how they can, they can build a strong foundation for innovation. Thank you so Absolutely. much again. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. And listeners, hope you enjoyed, got some nuggets out of this. Please like us on Facebook, search for CTN.CIO Talk Network, and be sure to follow us on Twitter and join our LinkedIn community. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CTN. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.